Welcome to Changing Reels, a podcast that aims to change the conversation on diversity and representation in cinema, one reel at a time. My name is Courtney Small. I write about film for several publications, including ThatShelf.com, where the show is hosted, and Cinema Access, to name a few. I'm also the co-host of the podcast Frameline. Today, I'm joined by award-winning filmmaker Alicia K. Harris. Alicia's short films, Fatherhood, Love Stinks, and Maybe If It Were a Nicer Room, have received accolades at numerous festivals. And her most recent short film, Pick, won the Best Live Action Drama Award at this year's Canadian Screen Awards. And for our international listeners, think of it as the Canadian Oscars. She is dedicated to creating films about women and marginalized communities and has recently directed the music video for the song Pressure by Grammy-winning artist Coffee, which you can now find on YouTube. Alicia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Super excited to be here. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. <laughs> you are our first Canadian Screen Awards guest, so that's that's a big deal Ooh. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I like just got my award in the mail the other day. So I'm like, it's official. It's official now. Got the gold on my desk desk it's uh real so you're gonna keep it on your desk or are you just gonna kind of walk around like have it as a chain <laughs> imagine you know what i might get a chain made i might it's quite heavy but you know i it's funny because a lot of people know when i did my pick festival run i kind of created these shirts that had uh rap song lyrics on them and i feel like i'm always just trying to like have the confidence of like these rappers that will wear these huge chains and tell everybody they're the best. And I'm that that's what I'm trying to aspire to be. So why not? Why not? And it's it's funny because even in rap industry and just in most industries in general, when women floss their accomplishments, it's it's shunned. Why not? You've done a lot of great things. You've got this award flaunted. You know? Exactly. Well, I'm actually I'm, I mean, I've, I will for sure be planning some sort of photo shoot with it because I didn't get to have my red carpet moment like with me and um, the producers, uh, Rebecca Ortiz and Vanessa Harris. But yeah, the chain that could happen. Maybe I'll get a smaller version. <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about. Something to think about. Yeah, no, thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> Our main film for today is the 2008 drama Nurse Fighter Boy, directed by Charles Officer. The film follows the lives of a nurse, her son, and an aging boxer as they intersect in unexpected ways. Uh, the film is available to stream for free on CBC Gems, so I'll be including that in the show notes. But Alicia, do you want to kick us off with some brief thoughts on this film and why you chose to discuss it today? Whew, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, um, first of all, it's just a perfect movie. It's just a perfect movie. And I was first introduced to Charles Officer's work when I saw Unarmed Verses. At oh, that's a great the- film. Yes, I know. It's a, another perfect film. I saw it at its Hot Docs run when it played the theater. And I briefly met Charles after my friend who knew Charles introduced us. And the reason why I'm so excited to do this podcast specifically is because oftentimes when I love a filmmaker's work and get to speak to them after the film, I'm always like, um, I just, I just loved the work. And I just can never put into words right after what my feelings were. And so I always come out kind of just saying like, I loved it, (laughs) which is great. You know, that's my honest reaction at the time. But I really wanted to talk about this film because I do love it so much. And now that I've actually watched it a few times, written notes, I'm just excited to celebrate Charles's work in a more eloquent way. (laughs) And this is just in short, 
a perfect movie and it's my favorite Canadian movie of all time and it's one of my favorite movies of all time like in the top five so I just love it that is very high praise that's great oh yeah I'm gonna be saying a lot of things that are this is the most genius thing throughout this whole thing because there's so many genius like well Charles is a genius and I think also there's something about I don't know if it's being in film or being in Toronto or whatever but I think people are like too afraid to be excited about things and when I met Charles I'm pretty sure I said like you're my hero I just flat out said that I'm pretty sure because we met him a second time we we got coffee and I yeah I'm 99% sure I said that I'm just like why should we be afraid to be enthusiastic about things you know let's just the world is too dark to not be joyful and say what you really feel so yeah love the film it's a perfect movie glad that you suggested this film because as great as it is I feel there's still a large section of people and I'm thinking more internationally that Mm -hmm. aren't aware of it you know I don't hear too many people raving about this outside of Canada, even though they should. Like when they talk about great Canadian films and you see all these films being listed, mm-hmm. you never see this one in particular. So I was actually really happy that you suggested it and also gave me a chance to revisit it because I haven't watched it in several years. So it was great to pop in that DVD and just kind of get caught up in that world again. Yeah. And you know what? It's, I think we know why it's not getting the international praise because who are the ones making those lists and doing the praising? True. And one of the main things I will talk about today is the element of Black spirituality that is so beautifully interwoven throughout this whole film. And And, you know, if there was more Black people that were the ones making these lists and, you know, getting to review the films and, you know, writing the Wikipedia articles that are, you know, the best Canadian films or whatever, this film would be there. It's disappointing, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm out here appreciating it. You're out here appreciating it. Like, we, there's a lot of people that love the film, but yeah, I think it's still underrated for sure. I agree with you. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, as as you know, working in the medium, the beauty of cinema is that once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah. There's always time for, people to catch up on even if they they missed it upon its initial release let's jump in and talk about the spirituality and mysticism because there's a lot that is going on in this film but i really was taken by the way spirituality is used in this particular film and the way that it is both calming in some lights but also empowering so do you want to just share some of your thoughts on the use of spirituality in the film? Whew, it's a big place to start. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured that's a, it's a good place to start <laughs> because it, it kind of connects with so many other themes in yes. this film. So we're definitely going to be bouncing around, but, you know, it's kind of a good centered place to start. Yeah. Well, I mean, I first want to say, like, it's just so nice and refreshing to watch a film that includes Black people being spiritual actually written by a black person because I've seen quite a few movies or you know television shows where all of a sudden the black person's like doing this ritual and you're just like what this came out of nowhere and this just doesn't feel authentic because it wasn't authentic but in this film it I'm a very spiritual person which will come through throughout this conversation it it's so authentic to me when I watch it it's I relate to like every element of it even though I don't necessarily practice the exact same rituals that CL does in the film. But I also love that, you know, it's it's not isolating and it's not like you could be a non-spiritual person and still appreciate this movie. But I love that if you are a spiritual person, there's just like that extra layer of me watching the movie, like picking out all the spiritual symbolism that is in there, you know, whether it's in the production design or the names is a big one that I wrote down, the colors. Yeah, there's a lot throughout the whole thing. 
<laughs> Should I just go into some of my notes here? Go if Yeah, if you want to. Okay. I mean, I guess I'll just start with the colors. I think that's a good place to start. Yes. I think what like one of the things that is super noticeable when you start watching it is like the very distinct color grading of the worlds. And I love how there's this duality. There's this like balance of like the very, very warmth, golden colors in some locations and then the undeniably blue of the other spaces so you know I feel like the warmth of the Caribbean when I'm like in the home with them and it's so golden like the colors of the home are so gold and then the gym like you can feel that too and then as soon as you get to like silence's apartment it's so blue you get to the hospital it's so blue one of my favorite moments in the movie is when Jude the nurse goes to visit silence's apartment and she's circling on her bike in parking lot area like this empty space and you know it's the street lights are all like super gold and then you just see silence's room this blue light coming out of Silence's room. And it's just like this beautiful combination of the worlds. Like here she is in this outside like golden space. And here he is in this like blue space. And you know, they're about like these two things are about to come together. Yeah, I just love the balance between these two colors and what they're representing. Yeah, and I found what I really caught me about the, the visuals is similar to you, the worlds are so distinct. But you see, I guess when people go into the various realms how the color impacts them in many ways because when silence and jude meet it's in the hospital it's Mm -hmm. blue it's very sterile and then when you see silence's home it's also very blue you know and in many ways at that point silence is very lifeless you know he's just kind of going through life almost like a zone and jude's world even though she's dealing with stuff is still filled with a lot of warmth so you have that first time when she enters his apartment it's almost like you feel that warmth starting to come in and even though their love grows and they have a very intimate moment in his place it doesn't feel as cold as it once did yes and i'm so glad you noticed that because there is this as she leaves his apartment for the first time it's the only moment i think in the film where his space is not so blue. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, genius. She, you know, she brought the warmth there. She brought the warmth. But I just want to pivot since we are talking about their first meeting. I want to talk about um, that because the acting... Oh my goodness. The (laughs) acting of their first meeting, there's so little dialogue, but you can just feel this building, like the fire between them through like very, very subtle movements. Look, it's just amazing. And it says a lot about Charles as a director and the actors, because if you read that scene on the page, like they meet, here's the dialogue. It's probably not going to jump off at you, but when you see the way that they bring it to life with their just very subtle, like the subtle tension between them, it's just so mesmerizing yeah there's a lot of instant tension and not in a bad way like you know there's a sexual tension between them that is so unspoken and even when i believe he he leaves a scarf and jude goes to return it and they both give each other a look you know so when things evolve later on another film it would have looked like their relationship evolves very quickly whereas here it feels natural because there was so much intensity in that initial meeting that yeah 
you feel like they, you know, their spirits were already well connected before, but they just didn't know it physically, right? So it's it's a really unique approach. And I like how you talked about how when she left, his face became, felt a little warm, wasn't as blue, because I was thinking back to when he has that encounter with the jazz singer, I believe it's Ruth, and their love scene feels very cold. Yes very sterile like you know she is clearly not bringing him light she's just kind of something to pass the time and this growing bond between jude and silence i find really fascinating even when she's as you said spinning around in the parking lot courtyard what have you and he's looking and you've got that distinct color palette but the minute she falls he wants to be there to help pick her up you know and not necessarily like be the hero he just wants to be near her and i thought that was a really interesting way how the their relationship evolves over the the course of the film like i feel there was many times where this film could have followed a lot of traditional tropes especially with the aging boxer who's doing underground fighting yes bit of the goon what have you but just everything from like how he was courting her when she was riding the bike and he's jogging behind her that is one of the most (laughs) authentic but also romantic things i have ever seen depicted in film ever like what a beautiful moment and it also plays up the childlike innocence that they kind of foster even though they're at both different stages of their life they almost get taken back to childhood where you just kind of meet that girl and you know you've got the butterflies and it's just a good Mm -hmm. way of capturing it yeah oh my gosh there's so much that you said that i have to respond to no no go ahead but the genius of their first meeting where you know she's the nurse she's nursing him and then when she falls outside of um, his apartment and he comes out and again, they're like connected by this nursing, like he comes out and like, they, you know, they've switched roles. Like now, you know, first she's taking care of him and then it's like reverse. Now he's taking care of her, which kind of, you know, obviously foreshadows what's going to happen when Jude's illness like worsens. Wow, that's just so genius. And it is so true what you said that there's been many other movies that I've seen where I'm like, wait, when did they fall in love? What? What? This was not earned. But the way that it happens in this film, I never questioned questioned it for a minute. It just felt so natural and so authentic the way they're connection builds and I do think it, it it's something to be said of a connection that is beyond the physical world like the connection was already there like this whether whatever you want to call it past lives soulmates like their spirits were already connected and knew each other and in the physical world it was just like a recognizing of that one of the interesting things with that is even as they get to know each other there is very little judgment because he admits that he's a fighter oh, he's doing something it doesn't really go into too much detail but she doesn't press him on it there's no you need to give this up it's just kind of if that's a part of you okay mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't interrupt what we're doing she admits that she has a, a son you know there's no scene of him kind of wrestling with that it's just okay that's a part of you i think it also says something to i guess the dichotomy between silence and Cecil because Cecil has a very strong bond with his mother you never get the sense that especially when they meet that silence feels threatened by that yeah Cecil's like, okay, there's this new guy here, but really my mom's the the most important thing. I don't really care about you right now, but there's still, she still asks his permission if it's okay if silence takes care of you. Like there's a lot of mutual respect going on for all three of the characters that I really found fascinating. What I love so much about it too, the movie doesn't end necessarily with them holding hands, skipping or anything, but you can tell that they've, you know, they're obviously connected through their mutual love of Jude. And, you know, again, the bond between them doesn't feel forced. It feels like 
natural. You know, when CL finds out that his mom has died, you know, he responds in a way that we would, I mean, I guess there is really no way of expecting how people will respond when they receive like such horrible news, but he doesn't like run into you know, silence his arms. He runs to his little hiding place in the garage or the basement. And then silence comes in later, you know, kind of after he has got his emotions out. And it's just, yeah, I just love how it wasn't like none of the relationships feel forced, but they are so strong in such a short amount of time. And I think that just really speaks to spiritual connections that exist between these three people. And even, oh my God, the title. I have a whole thing about the names, but even just the way the title is formatted, like what a deliberate choice to have nurse.fighter.boy. There's no space in between them. They're just connected in as one word. And I think, you know, when you're watching it, you just feel that even though the three storylines only come together, I, I think like in the last half an hour, but the whole beginning is he like CL and his mom and then you see Jude the nurse and silence and and then only in the end did the three of them come together but they're so connected throughout and you can tell this is a film where every detail was considered because you feel that when you watch it yeah and it's it's interesting that you raise that point about the the title and the way how each story unfolds because thinking back and like you know you're you're right watching it you do get distinct sections it's done in a way that it all felt really natural like it didn't feel like all right the film is stopping now because we have to tell this particular bonding story or whoops we got to cut that like it just it all flowed and one of my favorite moments was actually the moment where Cecil runs to his safe space and starts trashing things and there's that shot of silence outside the door and he's just listening you know because he he's he's got a heavy heart as well but he understands that the boy needs space to grieve it is Mm -hmm. it's not my place to jump in right now there's levels of respect in this film that i find fascinating and i think what also struck me about that scene is throughout this film we get to see different facets of black masculinity and for cecil being a young boy there's a scene earlier where he's playing soccer and he gets in fight the mother says you know i give you permission to fight back if this happens again but it's not about him then going to the gym and learning how to box and be a tough boy. he's allowed to be a caregiver he's allowed to be Yes. In touch with his spiritual side his sense. and that's something that you don't rarely see and I don't know maybe because the last week or so I've been watching a lot of documentaries for a piece I've been writing and just about the black experience and you just see in real life so many times where young black males aren't even considered human or mm-hmm. they're instantly seen to be instinctually aggressive whereas here you have someone who's almost like an old soul he loves jazz music he's he's into spirituality into magic but he's it's done in such a innocent and wholesome way it's like oh yes he's allowed to be a boy he's allowed to yes be sensitive and that not be a knock against him yes and i am so tired of and i wouldn't call this a coming of age story but i am so tired of coming of age stories about young black men where the center well black children just the center is the struggle and one of the friends gets shot is always in it they're trying to decide whether they should join a gang or sell drugs and like yes of course there is truth in a lot of the struggle of young black children you know we see with the one character that buys a gun and has a gun like and then ends up back at exodus the boxing ring because he has nowhere else to go. You know, we still see there is a struggle here. Feel it authentically. We know, you know, Jude 
and CL aren't rich because one of their main desires is to make it home to Jamaica, to Zion, the place that they, you know, want to go, like their home. But it's not the center of the story. It's showing that this is a part of their lives, but there's so many other things happening and it's more so focusing on the relationship. That's what we need. Of course, we can have these themes of suffering, like Black people suffering in our work, but there's other moments in the suffering that we need to show. And I think this film shows like authentically, like, yes, here's a system that's in place that is like, you know, creating a disadvantage for young Black men and Exodus is their safe place to come and, you know, let out their aggression and like have community and, you know, have a good role model like Horace, the, the founder of Exodus is this great, you know, role model for them. And then later silence and the, uh, the, I don't, the, the guy that runs the camp, like, you know, they have that community, but it's just so rare. It's so rare to see that side of black youth depicted in film and exactly what you said he still has other elements of his personality that are more the focus of the film than the fact that he is obviously growing up trying to reconcile how to deal with those aggressive situations you know where it might be like the instinct to fight and it's interesting because when thinking back to that exodus scene where you find out that one of the camp people have has a weapon on him i like even how that is handled silence giving them a lecture on new school always quick to run to a gun you know back in the older days you used to face up to your things and you used to do it with the fist and then it was settled but even in in that speech he's it's again not telling them that you need to be aggressive it's more you need to realize that there's going to be struggle in every part of your life you have to be tough mentally you can even read into this whole film you got to be tough spiritually all these characters are experiencing a heavy trauma by the end of it but they still find ways to to move forward you know and the whole idea of being connected to your ancestors and you know those that you make true bonds with will always be with you those are powerful and empowering thoughts you know that Mm -hmm. you walk away with and as you said it's not the the traditional tropes that you always see with these type of films exactly you know jude has a chronic illness that eventually takes her life and again think about all the movies that you've seen with people with an illness her home her space that she shares with cl who she says in the movie you're my angel is still filled with so much warmth. It's still so much warmth and so much love. And it's only when she like goes to the hospital and is working. And, you know, I think even when she's speaking to her doctor, that room is still filled with warmth. It's only when she's like in the phys- like when they're in the doctor's office, um, Eva, and even just the way she's referred to as Eva. And I was like, who's Eva? Like in the beginning of the film, like, yeah. And it's so deliberate, right? You know, like it's this personal connection. She still has such a big part of her life, which is her angel, CL, and it doesn't seep into her home life. You know, it's like they've still created this like beautiful Zion in their own home that many other movies I watched about illness, it's just kind of like so sad. <laughs> like, and don't get me wrong, I cried many times <laughs> throughout this movie, but I just think if I'm coming back to like spiritual themes, spirituality is all about faith. And even in like the log line of this movie, which 
oh my gosh, what poetry. I could just cry. The soul of a mother, the heart of a fighter, the faith of a child. Their home is filled with faith. When you're dealing with trauma, like you, you have to have faith. And I'm by no means glorifying trauma in any way or mental illness or physical illness and saying you will be healed if you have faith. But what I am saying is faith is one part of it. Having faith changes your experience every day, whatever your experience is. And I think so many times we see trauma depicted and Black people's trauma depicted. We don't get, I mean, I don't want to say we don't get a happy ending because that's not what I mean. I mean, we don't get the happiness and the joy of their lives ever in between. We, it's always like, even if we think about the types of stories that Hollywood has decided to focus on about Black people, what are they? There's stories about slavery. There's stories about gun violence and gangs and Black people suffering. And and in those stories, there's very little of what we see in this film. There's very little faith. There's very little dynamic relationships. There's very little love and beautiful moments. And yeah, I just feel like this movie transcends all the trope. It just feels real. Thinking back to Jude, she's dealing with this illness. And like you can watch this film and almost forget because she's allowed to not only look at life when she's outside the hospital in a warm way, like you really see see her taking in nature, enjoying moments of silence, but then she also gets to fall in love. The illness isn't brought up. She doesn't know if or when her time will be up, but she's allowed to enjoy life like normal. She's not someone that we pity. Mm -hmm. We feel for, obviously, by by the end of the film. Like One of the things that really struck me about this film is how you get to experience her joy. With all of these characters, you actually get to see them have moments of happiness, find love. In Cecil's case, possibly young love there's a lot of warmth to this film even though it's a film that tackles some heavy themes and there's some great sadness within it but I didn't walk away feeling depressed in many ways I walked away feeling kind of uplifted and I would even argue I don't know if their CL and Hannah's connection was a young love connection because I think that we're always like conditioned to think boy and a girl equals love And I think in this movie, you could interpret it that way, but you could also be like, what a beautiful friendship. And I think it's beautiful. I actually cried when she came and silence answers the door and she's like, who are you? (laughs) Um, But she just says like, I hope Miss Jude will be okay. And I was just, that is just love. That is somebody just popping by to check in and they don't get to see you. Like she didn't get a CCL, but just, yeah, just tell them I stopped by. And it really connected with me because I had an Italian best friend growing up who lived down the street from me and shout out Samantha Cicchetti. And she, her grandma made the best pizza. But anyways, I think that Hannah to me is just another way that CL gets to experience love and joy and I would argue that all love is the same love whether it's romantic love whether it's friendship love like I think all love whether it's love from God I think all love is the same and I think that connection I just see as like a another moment of joy for them it's just so sweet it makes you want to be a kid again and have you know your friend come over and then you know where they made the song and they wanted to show the mom there's just so many beautiful moments in it that don't fall into a trope like yes if they would have fallen in love I would have been 
like, ah, you know, we did because, but the movie didn't need that. It's not what that's not what it was about. It was about I think the connections between everybody in in the film, and there was so few characters, but there was such a strong bond between everybody. And you're right, we are definitely conditioned to see boy girl on the screen must be love. But I was thinking back to the way how Officer juxtaposes the very rich and beautiful love scene between Jude and Silence with the childlike innocence of Cecil and Hannah, I guess, learning to dance. I I found that juxtaposition really interesting. For me, it it works beautifully shot. And edited. We've seen how Silence is almost like a little kid when he first is trying to court Jude and whatnot. So I just thought all that symbolism kind of worked really nicely. I I definitely agree with you. There's various levels of connection. The owner of Exodus, Mm. his passing hits Silence greatly, but it also hits the camp counselor. Like you, You get the sense in just a few brief scenes, a couple of shots Mm -hmm. of him and Silence laughing that there's a rich bond there. This film does a lot with with so little. Yes. I do want to talk about Red because that is something that I noted. But I also want to talk about how there's so few characters, but the bonds are so strong. And even in the few moments we see with Horace and Silence, you just feel that love. I just really think the way that this film handles death is, is just so different than so many films I've seen. I think the film is really showing us the cycles that we experience in the 3D world. And I interpret so much of it as my own beliefs, which are, you know, there's only transitions, there's no death or ending, and the people you love never go away, (laughs) quote from the movie. It's actually really disappointing how death is such a huge part of our lives. It's something we all will do and that we can't escape. But the way that we feel about that in society is it's all a bad thing. And I'm not saying death is good. But what I'm saying is, you know, we get older, we get another year older. And, and instead of interpreting that as like, oh my gosh, I'm, I've spent another year on this earth. I'm so grateful. We're like, oh, now I'm this age. Even people in their 20s do that. Like, oh my God, I'm 30 now. Growing old is a blessing, but we are conditioned to feel it's bad. All of that to say, I think this film shows that death is a part of life. When Jude dies and the ancestors come take her. Oh, I love that moment. Oh my God, I know. When you can think about death in that way of like she's being called home, her ancestors are there to bring her. She is going to be protected. She's going to be safe. She's going to have she's going to have a caretaker, you know, and she'll be now CL's angel. Death is showing legacies being passed down and how Horace passes down Exodus to Silence and Jude obviously is passing down. I mean, we see CL like obviously he's learned these rituals and this faith. The losses are felt, but they're they're also celebrated in a way. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like what you said about we need to realize that death isn't always a bad thing. We're not prepared to talk about death. We don't know how to talk about it with each other. And everyone has their own ways of, of grieving, what have you. But it's one of those weird subjects that you always want to tiptoe around. Mm-hmm. Whereas this film, a lot of it's about that. It's about preparing yourself, about realizing that there's more to life. I look at silence. And to me, when this film starts, silence represents a type of death that I guess in many ways we're all living the one that you don't really talk about he's wallowing in his stuff stuck in the bubble of what he thinks his life has 
resulted in. And then he meets this woman who ignites something in him, spiritually, physically, what have you. And all of a sudden things start to change. He's willing to fight for life opposed to just fight for someone else's amusement. His role as a, as a fighter takes on greater meaning. And I think Ooh. also... He's got to fight for CL by the end of the film in terms of keeping the memory of Jude alive in both their hearts. Right. Yes. And the way how Officer conveys all of that in the film is fascinating. And I think one of the things I really like about this film is it doesn't spell things out for you. It leaves a lot to the viewer to interpret, but it does so in a way that respects the viewer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if this was in the hands of any other director, you would have those speeches. Like I heard Deathbed, there would have been this great speech. And whereas here you get ancestors coming in. And even when the ancestors came in, you know, the very first time you watch this film, you think his magic might be working. Mm. Or the spirits who have come in to help revive the mother. And then that phone call comes in, you know, and your heart sinks even further. But then you think, you go, well, that's kind of beautiful. You know, they didn't save her, but they were there to usher her to the next phase. As you said, the transition, you know, the way how he goes in his safe space and like transported. Yeah. You know, they took a moment that could have been filled with anger, hatred, and rage and turns into something beautiful. So I definitely want to come back to even just the way you said like transported, he was transported to his space. We're going to come back to that. But what really hit me because I never made that connection was the fighter and how you made the connection that his fight takes on a new meaning and how yes he does represent that staying in that funk and going back to what you mentioned earlier I love how their connection isn't about he changes for her you know yeah it's more that she what you said she lights the fire she lights the fire that makes him excited to be here again excited to be on this earth with her even though it's only for a short period of time it's not like he changes his whole life and becomes a different person like we see in most movies. I want to talk about names because, you know, thinking of the name of the fighter, I just, I never even made that connection, but that's such a beautiful connection that his fight takes on this new meaning. And yeah, it just makes me think about just the clever use of names. The whole, every name in the film is significant. Um, Like I was saying earlier, they call the doctor by her first name. They don't say the doctor. And Exodus, the name of the, the boxing gym, if we're not even thinking about the biblical meaning of the word Exodus, like just means like departure. This is what this movie is all about, you know? And you can see even that space, like this space that's created by Horace, like he departs. And I can also interpret it as a space these young men are coming to build this community and hopefully there's a departure there of, you know, they're not then going to fall into, you know, what we see in all the other movies. They join a gang, they do this, they do that. And I think that's just such a beautiful way to use a name I think in movies, every detail should be significant because obviously everyone's going to have different interpretations, but you want people to notice those little details. And I would argue they're not little, like they're there (laughs) Um, because like I'm like paying attention. But you know, even just Zion, I mean, this one is obviously more obvious. It means different meanings for different religions, but essentially Zion is this utopia, this heaven, this peace. And that is what they call Jamaica, where they want to return home to one day. There's a lot of movies where it's a main piece that they're trying to get. The people are trying to get somewhere. They're trying to leave their small town. They're trying to get home like this movie has. But what I love about it is like, we know that's what they want to do. We know that's one of their dreams and desires. But it's again, it's not the focus. They're still where they are. And so much of mindfulness, meditation, spirituality is just saying, be where you are. Be grateful for where you are and what you have in the moment. And that will bring you true joy and happiness. When Jude dies and they finally 
finally get to go to the beach. I, I interpret as they really do go to Zion. They go to the, the beach in Jamaica. And I see that as like a beautiful marriage of the worlds because it's one of the only scenes that doesn't have that really, really distinct color fraction of the golden, you know, warmth and then the blue blues. And I think that's so beautiful because when you think about when you think of a beach, you think of blue water and you think of gold sand. And I see that as the marriage of their worlds colliding and the marriage of the spiritual world and the physical world, you know, maybe the water can represent physical and this moving, ever-changing, cyclical wave of, you know, life and the sand, This it's in the same space, but it's being, you know, pulled in as the waves come in, it's being pulled in to the water and that one moment, I'm just, ah, oh, the marriage of the gold and the blue. It's just genius. When they make it, you only see CL in the water, you know, he's the continuing bridge. He's having that moment where he gets, you feel like he's connecting not only with his mother, but all the history, which is a very fascinating way to, to look at the continuation of life. Because I was also thinking back to when Silence has that final scene with a roof and she's slapping him to see if he can even feel anything because he's just emotionally dead. And then you see him by the end of the film and he's he's filled with life. He, he, he no longer lives in the blue. Like even when yes. he was watching CL, he was in the warmth of their environment. It's almost like they pulled him out of that view of death and realized that death and life are intertwined in more unique ways. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, now I'm like, I think for me, the jury is still out as to whether he physically was in that space of the water because it is really deliberate that silence, we just hear silence voice being like, hey, you coming? And then all of a sudden he's back in the 3D world. And, you know, so now I'm going to take back what I said where I'm like, <laughs> I think he's really there because but I think it's beautiful that we don't need to know and we it for me I can fully interpret it either way and it is almost like maybe there's a place in his mind and his heart and his soul where he can access the water his ancestors his you know his home in Jamaica maybe it's a memory or maybe it's just a place that he can get to when his mom comes to him now that she's an angel in his life I do love the idea of the blue and the gold because thinking about going back to names, CL literally felt the same way as Sky in French. CL, this like wise, old soul, faithful, magical person is named after the sky, which obviously can represent so many things to many people. You know, it can represent heaven, it can represent God, it can represent infinity, it can represent so many things. And there is no detail wasted in this this movie Charles is a genius one of the things to thinking back to that last part in the transportation there's the the use of magic if you want to call it magic if you want to say it's all spiritual however you want to define it throughout the film we see CL casting different types of spells and saying different types of prayers but then there's that final fight scene that silence has and it looks like he's going to lose whatever and CL conjures up another spell mm -hmm. and in silence he gets a moment you know part of this goes to the the acting and the, the performance but he gives this look on his face it's almost like something weird has just happened i'm not sure what it is but i know i need to whoop this guy's butt 
and then get out of here. Right? And it's, but it's, it's done in a way where it's, it's not comical, it, but it's a great moment of subtle acting that conveys, well, maybe the magic did work this time. Again, a lot is left to interpretation, whether or not it was just he got a second win, what have you. But I tend to believe that whatever the faith magic hit him in a way that he has never really experienced, you know, mm. like his, his bond with his family has ascended to yet another level that is even shocking to him. And he can't quite figure it out, but he knows he needs to kind of stick with it. And I love how you put that because spirituality, magic, I consider them to be the same thing and the same, just a name, different name for a different thing, but it's unnameable and unexplainable. So, you know, just the way you describe, he doesn't know what it is, but something has happened. It's just exactly. <laughs> These are not concepts that we know how to explain. And I think that is why we get so scared about death because there's this fear of this unknown, but that's precisely the point. If we can get more comfortable speaking about it, accepting it, we can live our life in a completely different way. The reason why I became a spiritual person is because unexplainable things happened to me to the point where I was, I now have faith. Going back to the magic and the spirituality, I, I want to go back to your point about he was transported to his little his room where he does the magic. I love that there is literally a physical portal in this movie. There is a portal of, you know, we finally get to see it exposed more when we see the hole in the wall that was like his portal to his new world, his world where he does his magic. And arguably... So I can say two things. I think one, this is like a portal representing everything that we've already discussed, you know, the exodus, the departure, the new world, Mm -hmm. but it could also be represented as this escapism. Sometimes spirituality, you know, we can use it to escape where we are and run and he physically escapes that moment of difficulty when he finds out his mom has passed he runs to his secret world but then the next time we see that portal it's that world doesn't exist anymore and maybe that's kind of representing now he is able to yes still have his magic but be in the physical world spirituality transcends physical space thing i wanted to get back to because i know you want to mention it was the scarf now (laughs) this this scarf that starts off as something that is left behind then becomes this art project of sorts you know a way to woo a woman and make most men feel bad because like damn why did i think about doing that with a with a scarf <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts on the, the scarf okay so i think you know i've done production design so i am very keen on noticing these types of details first of all scarves are a motif in the film un- undoubtedly <laughs> and the first kind of i w- i think the first spiritual thing cl really says to his mom is he puts a scarf on her and he says this is for your protection the scarf in the hospital scene it's red and it's representing so much this fire and this eventual love that they're going to have and share because it stands out so brightly in this blue hospital space it gives her the excuse to chase after him and give it back to him and then in the next scene cut right to him like silence holding the scarf and having it be blowing with this fan and I also just want to mention briefly there's so much great symbolism of these cycles with like the record spinning the fan spinning And that transition is like the fan, the scarf. And he's there, you know, with that memory of her with the scarf in in that next scene. And, And then, of course, it later becomes the, why did you draw me? Because I wanted to see you. 
oh, I can't, I can't that line. It was just so beautifully written that I just hear that and I'm like, yes, it's just authentic. It's just real. And it's, it's just such a beautiful moment. I love that recurring thing with the scarf. And then it comes back again when CL is doing his magic. He has scarves that he uses. I love the scarf thing. And it also gets passed back and forth. She gives it to him because he left it behind. He then draws on it as a flirtatious peace offering. Even when she's in the hospital and he goes to look after CL at her place, he finds the scarf. And then he picks it up and, and holds it to almost get her scent, you know, and just the passing back and forth right. of the scarf yes. between them. It, it's another, I guess it's more of like a physical embodiment of their of their bond but it's interesting how it's used throughout the the course of the film yes i forgot that moment another beautiful moment where now he's in her space and the scarf is there and you can tell that it's like this sacred you know thing between them and i'm sure he'll keep it with him for the rest of his life and there is one more thing i want to talk about before we depart I want to talk about how we kind of touched on this, but I want to talk about how the ancestral connections, uh, specifically, I would say, you know, I don't want to say Caribbean culture necessarily or black culture, because I think a lot of uh, many cultures are going to have, you know, different traditions. But I love the way it's shown specifically like black culture in this movie because CL, you know, has these rituals and this magic that he has learned that are, you know, rooted in tradition. And we know in a very brief scene, I think Jude says her mom was a root worker, but I know that she says that many people in her family have been nurses. And I think so much about how healing, healing traditions are passed down. And, you know, I also think about how many black women nurses I know and how I see us as like the caretakers of the world. I think it's interesting in this movie how, you know, Jude is a nurse. Other people in her family are nurses. She even says CL is a caretaker. He, you know, he's her nurse now and how this is like this passed down thing. And I love, again, no dialogue is wasted. She connects with the security guard and the security guard says, here's my grandmother's soup. Like if everybody had this soup, there would be nobody in the hospital. And you're again getting this bond of, you know, black families passing down their you know, there's their recipes, their herbs that they, whatever it is, their rituals. When CL does the ritual with the salt, all of this getting passed down. And I love how it was just this reminder of specific Caribbean Black people where she gets to share that moment with the security guard. And, and then, of course, ending it with like the ancestors coming to take her home. These beautiful little moments. We don't have to be sad that Jude is gone because she's passed down her legacy to CL. And they will meet again in the physical world, in the spiritual world. Like they will continue to meet. I was going to say, that's a, a good summation of the film. Like, you know, death is a part of life, but it's not something that we need to be afraid of and the end is never really the end it's been a pleasure having you on the show alicia where can listeners find you well i am on instagram my instagram is at alicia k harris underscore and also if you want to get in touch with me in a more formal way my website is alicia k harris.com and you can find all my contact info on there twitter as well yeah oh yeah my twitter is at indie queen um it's hard to explain the second i in indie has three eyes yeah if anybody else is listening to this and loves the film please reach out because i would love to talk to you about it i could talk about this movie for five more hours listeners you can reach the show on twitter at changing reels ac or if you want to contact me directly i'm at small mind on twitter thank you very much for listening 
Uh, remember, you can always change the conversation on diversity and representation in cinema one reel at a time.